Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways, not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. So, okay, hey everybody. So we're we're talking about Smee, not the guy in Hook, <laughs> Peter Pan lore, but like subject matter experts. Right. Which is a sore spot for me because sometimes I don't really trust them <laughs> in their subject of expertise. Or I could say maybe it's not the subject expertise, but it's they're really good at that one thing, but they've other things have been atrophied because of that. And there there's a need sometimes to be able to just put your head down and do the work. But I think the more the spirit of where we come from, where we come from, folk, is we want to have people be able to explore the unknown and the new because it brings new perspectives. Right. Like we would, in our ideal setup, I think it would be people that know things and people that know things about other things coming together to solve a problem or an issue or talk about something because they bring their own unique perspective, which is what a subject matter expert does on one topic. So in a way, we're all kind of subject matter experts. That's why I don't like the term that much. Okay. Because there's always something someone's good at. It can be, it can be, you're good at texting and talking to people. That is a skill, you know, like it could be, yeah, you have a real technical skill. And that's usually when they talk about SME as subject matter experts. They're talking about, it's like a financial thing. It's a technical skill. Usually I never hear it like a soft skill. That's what they're really good at. But if you notice, if like you get like to upper levels of leadership and you watch whoever is now coming to this industry and they're doing things, and people are like, what do they know about this industry? It's like, probably not a lot. <laughs> right, but they're taking their knowledge of applied from somewhere else. And the leadership skills do transfer. So right. I think part of uh, with subject matter experts, do you want those folks sometimes? Absolutely. Like, hear me loud and clear on that. Yeah, you need those folks in certain circumstances, I think. But it's, we've become too dependent on the term. If people say, oh, I'm a SME. First of all, I hate when they use the word SME. Say you're subject matter matter expert. Or I'm really good at this. <laughs> or I'm good at this. Because it just it devalues the whole thing to me in my mind. You know, it's it's I think it's kind of lame actually, honestly, if you just say it like that. Because you're thinking you're putting the term above what your actual knowledge is. So what I would prefer is they just come and show me how to do it. You don't have to sit there and wallow me with all the letters behind your name, you know. <laughs> come and just show me how to do it. Let's get it done. That's, that actually speaks to the fact that you have skills that can be portable. One of the things about subject matter experts with innovation is you're not necessarily innovating. You are become very masterful at something that's been. And I think the spirit of curiosity continuum is to explore the strange new worlds out there. <laughs> right. But what that means is that you have to take the skills you have and adapt them and apply them. And we, we talked about the space race several times on this podcast. 
and like the spirit behind it. There wasn't a wrong way to put somebody on the moon. And there's many right ways. Yeah. I mean, the wrong, I guess... Uh, the wrong way is it doesn't work. <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't come back safely. Right. But there wasn't like a space program. You built the space program. Right. And everybody builds on the knowledge of them before them. So part of, I think, when you are really good at something, you have experience, um, more than you could just become really good at that is like what else do you like to do with it? Now, we all, I think, have those areas where we have more experience than others. And I for think sure. at, a, at a point you get comfortable. Like for, for my own musical development, you throw me in any kind of like rock context, I'm super comfortable, right? You throw me in country, I'm pretty comfortable. You throw me in any pop style of music, I'm generally right there, right? I, R&B, I start to get a little less comfortable. With gospel, I am really not that comfortable. And then you get like the super heavy jazz and it's like, I can understand yeah. the academic exercise, and I can kind of do it, but I haven't spent my time there. Um, if I wanted to spend my time there, could I? Sure. But I'm actually very comfortable with the fact like I'll always bring some kind of rock sensibility to whatever musical context I'm in, and that's okay. I've actually become very comfortable with the fact that like, I'm really good at actually playing simply, right? which is actually a conscious choice. It wasn't because I didn't have facility. I did, and I still do. But what do I do with it is like I practice very differently than when I play with people because my practice time is my time to stretch, my time to go, what is this weird chord that I don't know and I'm going to kind of figure it out. But if they, you wanted me to teach you like how to explore things, I could probably teach you general concepts of it, right? If you say like, let's build something together, it's like, well, none of us have been there. So let's have fun and create something, right? Right. I mean, that's... That's really the heart of it, was what you, I think you should be going for, is you should be taking the skills you have and then your curiosity along the way and kind of applying it where you can, but kind of like the fill in the gaps moments. And now we're blessed now to have like YouTube can fill in the gaps on a lot of things, like especially a technical thing. Like if you're trying to like fix a car or put something together, somebody has tried it before and probably, probably failed. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to fail that. So let's just... Look at their fail. Look at their lesson and not fail. Right. Yep. So let's kind of nuke subject matter expert. The yeah. C for a second. Yep. And maybe we call it subject matter experimentation because. Um, and here's why: it, if you're going to be an expert in something, it kind of means that there's something that's been mastered, right? Or at least you have enough command of it where you feel that you know you're very familiar. Right. With something, I think right? You, I think that's a a good idea. Like you're comfortable with it. And that, that's good. So, But now let's take it back to you say, like, just show me how to do it, right? Right. Like, just show me that. What do people do when it's not been done, but you're good at something else? I, I think about the context of career changes. How do these skills apply to the next thing? I mean, they, they clearly do if you jump to something and you're successful. And I, do think it, uh, and I do think it does matter if you're the type of person that's willing just to get in there and, and try it, right? I mean, that's kind of like, been the heart of what you and I have always done is that like Brian and I have always done that. We've always just said, Oh, well we did something like this. This is as close as like this we can do and let's do it. But like when we did the podcast, for example, we've never done anything like that, but we did take our kind of lessons from like speech class, I think, and kind of did that. Okay. Then the technical part, I'm like, well, let's just try this out. Yeah. But I took enough from what I knew about recording bass, recording like bass yeah. and stuff like that. You can figure out like what, 
equipment we needed, stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm not really good at editing because I don't know what I'm doing, but let's just try it. And it took a long time. It was a lot of trial and error. And I think that's what people are so afraid to not do, just to try it and fail, that they don't realize that the failure is part of it. Because, I mean, how, yeah, how many times did we record the first episode? Five, six, seven times? You know, after we got over the weirdness of it, it was like, oh, this is how you do it. So when you have, I'm going to think about this for a minute. So now we've learned these things, and now we're sharing that knowledge about what we have learned, like with, with some of the people that we're working with. But for us, I know it, it almost seemed weird to kind of settle in a place where you're so familiar with it that you're not learning. Now, l- let's just be let's just be frank here. Like you, you can have a lot of continuing education and you can specialize and you make a lot of money specializing in those things. Right. Now, the difference though is that sometimes a company will hire a subject matter expert because they don't want to fail. Or they feel right. more confident that the subject matter expert will get them there. No, I understand that in the, in the point of like a company. Or if no one in your company has that skill and you're trying to learn that skill. I think I just get viscerally angry at the top, at the, at the, <laughs> at the, at the, at the uh, acronym. I, get, I don't like acronyms to begin with because I, I feel they do really feel they kind of devalue things because people just like, they like to put the thing after their name. So what, you know? give me an example where it's made you angry or like upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it happens sometimes with other acronym like other people too. Like let's say I don't know, I don't I can't really put on one spot where it's, it makes me angry. But it just is like this I get this visceral reaction, probably much more than I should be angry about it. But and I think that's part of it is because I have been so successful at just taking my skills I have and adapting them. And so why can't other people just do it? And it's taken like this podcast kind of to figure out that not everybody can just do that. So we are trying to teach people to do that through the podcast, right? The critical thinking skills, the contextual awareness stuff. That's something that Brian and I just do naturally. And it took us a long, it took me anyway, a long time to figure out that it was okay that it was easy for me, but it wasn't easy for everyone else. So Maybe that's where the subject matter expert actually comes in because it's for the people that's not easy for. So let's let's um let's wind it back a little bit because I have an example of a sub- subject matter expert where I was frustrated with the end result. Okay, so my okay. mom recently did a HELOC on her home, right? Right. And went to the guy that was highly recommended by somebody. In fact, like they had been partners for a long time. This other place had just started doing their HELOCs in house, and they said, "But we cannot beat the rate." And this person we used for years. You know, what What do you want to do here? I said, well, let me go with this other guy. Like, obviously, he's recommended. It sounds great to me to not pay the extra points. Right. He locked for months right. and stuff. So, went to him, and he was hard to get a hold of. We finally did it, and went. I went to mom with mom to closing. And you know what? Wasn't the right amount of money. I'm like, we what we wanted here was like a, a actual like appraisal of the home. Right to right. see what the total pound at the HELOC would just to be able to have that capacity in case it's needed. Well, that's not what this banker did. The banker did, well, we'll just do a quick, a quick appraisal and we'll, I'll get you the money quick. And I said, that wasn't the intent here. What we wanted was that we were willing to pay the extra money to have it done because we wanted the result. Right. 
And he said, well, you'll have to pay another fee to have me redo this thing. And I said, well, why don't we start that process? Because it's, it's good. And then he checked on it. He said, you know, that product is not available anymore. Now, this is a guy. That's his has, job. Yeah. It's his job. He's done how many of these things? More than I can count. And he was so just in the mode, I'm just going to do it, that he never stopped to ask the question, what does the customer actually want? So that is a, a prime example of what kind of irritates me, but I think I have an answer for you on why that happened. I wonder if, how was his compensation? Was he like a salaried employee and then got like a commission for every one he closed? Well, that's a great question. Because if he did, he was just doing it the quick and easy way to get the extra money. Because it didn't matter to him how much money the customer got because he just got a flat rate. So what you're doing now, though, is we're doing what you do naturally and you're bringing the context. Right. So what drove the behavior, right? Right. Why was this path chosen? I mean, obviously, I I mean, if that was the case, it was obviously just for him to make money. And it was the easy path because he could do more of them because it didn't require a lot of much of his attention. But you're not a subject matter expert in these. No. Things. But but what did you do? So let's play on this role. So I, well, I used my like because I know like I've known when I buy a house, I ask the question because I had a friend at one point that was a mortgage broker, and he said, "Ask the question: How do they do? This? Does the broker get compensated? Are they salaried employees that they just get a flat rate no matter how many they do? Because then they'll spend all day with you. They don't care, right?" But or if they're just they get commissions based on how many they do, because to them to the company that's five or six thousand dollars to every company you, you refi with at least, because it's if you think about it that's what it, it is. Yep. And that's how I did it. So I'm like, okay, maybe that was the question. That's a great question. I, I mean, I don't know the answer. I don't sure. know if that was it or not. But it makes a lot of sense when you start putting it together. Well, I'm gonna go back and ask the question <laughs> now. It's like, so tell me how this went down. And then, bitch, it's in the contract, like you signed, because it's like your mom signed. Yeah. Because it's usually the first thing. It's like, this is how we get paid. Yep. I'm gonna go take a look at that for sure. Ooh. Now. Now that's a question, but that's another thing. Like, so you got a subject matter expert that actually didn't use his expertise. His expertise is to get you his most money, and he didn't do it. He got you some money. <laughs> I tell you what, it was a mis- it was misapplied because yeah. it should have been the soft skills backing up for the context to say, well, what is it that you need? Right. Versus like, well, I know how to do it. Just give it to me. You know, and, and um, I think also we live in the age right now where people are very quick to say, I'm an expert. Yeah, your uncle that Googles for 15 minutes and all of a sudden is an expert on <laughs> something, right? Yep. That doesn't deep experience does not that doesn't equate to no and it doesn't replace deep experience like googling on the internet does not replace deep experience because your experience is going through something and having different results all the time. Yeah, I would almost say like you know um, like a deep level of exp- a DLE if you want <laughs> deep level experience. I mean, really? Yeah, like, yeah. That's that would really that would be more beneficial to me. Than a subject matter expert. Like if somebody said, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've done thousands of these. I'd be like, I trust you more. Then somebody just says, I went to school for it. I've done it for like two or three years. Because, but those people with experience like that is hard to find. And it's also hard to compensate them. Because sometimes they don't really, there's really not enough money. It's like you're, you're, you're paying for their experience. It's just like you ask them, what do you want? You know? That experience, really, uh, when you find yourself in situations, you, you can find your way through something pretty well because it's not just 
knowing the topic, you know the application of how that works out. Right, right. That's a, I think that's really good. I think we both kind of learned something through this little riff of journey here. Yep, totally. Folks, let's put a comma here. Until next time, this is Brian. This is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.